And MLM Rebel is a new breed of network marketer, smarter, truly independent, and free. MLM Rebels wage war against the soul-sucking corporate world and against network groups who would rather preserve doctrine than helping people get results. MLM Rebels recognize when the world changes and changes with it. MLM Rebels don't believe in duplicating things that no longer work and would rather work without a safety net than within the confines of one. MLM Rebels are only involved in opportunities that give everyone an equal playing field instead of a top-heavy one. We don't care about the sacred cows of MLM, we don't care about the industry, and we do not care about the way it's always been done. We care about people following their gut. We care about people being able to quit their jobs now. We care about people being with their family instead of their boss every day. We care about people being with their family instead of their team all day. We care about people living free. We believe a truly free networker has multiple streams of income. We believe a truly free networker's creativity isn't shackled by their company's contract. We believe a truly free network marketer actually knows how to market and that they run their business like a real business. MLM Rebels prioritize faith, family, business, sacrifice sacred cows, build their own empires, never rebel against each other, and change the world. MLM Rebels know they are not confined by doctrine, not stifled by the past, and know they are one business away. My name is Zach Spear, and welcome to MLM Rebels. Hey guys, Zach here, and welcome to another episode of MLM Rebels. I'm excited to spend some time with you guys here today. It is raining here in good old California, and it's supposed to be raining for like the next couple days. <laughs> so hopefully it uh, clears up a little bit. The nice thing about clouds and rain out here is that, you know, like we're from Chicago, and when it says cloudy on the forecast, that means cloudy. It means like super cloud cover. You're not going to see the sun at all. Here, generally, it means that like it's cloudy for part of the day and sunny for part of the day. So that's pretty cool. But uh, this time of year, we haven't been out here this time of year for as long as we've been. But for this time of year, it's known as May gray and June gloom. So it is unlikely we're going to see much of the sun today. Although, actually, as I'm saying this, I'm looking up and seeing blue sky. That's awesome. Anyway, uh, like I said, hopefully you're having a great day. Appreciate you taking that time here today to spend uh, with me. But I think you're going to find a lot of value in this uh, particular show as well. So today we're going to talk about what to say and how to handle phone conversations when you do get on the phone with prospects. You know, as you know, with everything we talk about here, for the most part, is using leverageable and automated recruiting systems to get people into your business. Um, now, if you're talking about a fully automated system, in most cases, you're not going to be speaking to that person before they get in the business. Now, in a fully automated system takes a fair amount of time to build and set up, right? And you know that, uh, but it's extremely effective when you do. Now, the next step down is what most people do with when they're mixing online marketing and uh, network marketing. And that would be a what I would call a leveraged system. Meaning you are running some type of traffic to a funnel and out the back end, you're getting an applicant, someone who is applying to be a part of your team. Now, after they apply, you have to do something with them. You know, you have to give them information in some capacity and, and pretty much any aspect, you're going to be on the phone with them at some point before they sign up, right? You're going to call them, um, follow up with their application, that kind of a thing. So very, very useful. It's way better when people are applying for your business than when you're asking. That's the only way I believe you should build the business is when someone applies for it. Um, but in this scenario, you know, you're going to be on the phone at some point. So I would say, you know, I mean, I, 
personally, I've only ever heard of one other automated, like fully automated recruiting system even in existence. I've only ever heard of one other one, and that was a long time ago. Um, so every, pretty much every form of recruiting is going to be done through a leveraged online system, which is what, you know, uh, the majority of people are going to be doing. Um, which is potentially what you're doing. Either you're building the business kind of, you know, maybe a little more old school, which is cool. And you're kind of trying to like balance it out and doing some new, some newer school stuff. Or maybe you're doing the business entirely new school right now. And I'm um, just trying to get better at it, which we're all growing and we're all changing and stuff. So um, that's awesome. So that's the purpose of talking about this actual talking on the phone topic. Um, because we use funnels to bring people to us, but a lot of times we're going to be using the phone to close people into our business. You know, even in our fully automated system, you know, we're actually revamping it right now to make it more robust. And we're going to have a provision in there that will actually allow people to get on the phone um, with their prospects if they'd like. Um, something that we found, we did a test is that the closing rate does go up uh, a few percentage points, which is a lot, when we introduce the phone, even in this fully automated system. So we can still run it fully automated and do, but if we are feeling, you know, feeling frisky, we could jump on the phone and, you know, pull a lot more sales, pull a lot more enrollments. Um, so there's definitely a, still a place for the phone. And especially in a business like this, like we chose network marketing. For those that don't know our story, I'm not going to tell it right now. But um, we got good at online marketing through an agency that we ran. And then we came back to network marketing. So we were network marketing first. Um kind of slowed down slash left the business, the, the industry, got into online marketing through an agency slash consultancy, owned it, did well, and was like, well, let's basically apply our skills to a business, that, again, that we own, but that where we can be more scalable, like sell a product type of thing. We chose network marketing for the relationships. You know, network marketing is not the easiest industry in the world, contrary to what some people say. Um, it has very, very high rewards, for sure, but it is not the easiest um, by any means. I mean, if you're, you're trying to make multiple six figures or seven figures of residual income with basically no hard assets. So like no, you know, tangible risk. I mean, it, it's going to be hard, right? No other industry does provides that, um, that I'm aware of. And I don't think anyone's really aware of that, uh, aware of like, and if another industry exists that could possibly give you more income residually with less risk, it's just crazy. So it's going to be difficult. And the reason it's difficult is because you're dealing with people and, um, the way that you deal with people more effectively is becoming a better leader, creating relationships. So we chose network marketing because ultimately we're, we're after positive influence. Like we're not actually after money. Like, of course we want to make, we want to make a lot of money. We want to give a lot of money. We want to live a good lifestyle, of course, but we are, we know that we could do that in other places. We know we can make a lot of money and we know for sure we have like three options, like three other good options that we can make, where we can make a lot of money. But network marketing, uh, in our opinion, gives us the most possibility to mix our business with influence and uh, impact people in a positive way. So that's why we do it. And if since we chose it that way, we chose network marketing for the relationship aspect of it, you know, we can't be afraid of the phone. And to be honest with you, I was actually... I was so ingrained in my old school stuff, the way that we built the business before, hotel meetings, Starbucks, 
phone calls. I mean, I did that for six years straight. I was always on the phone. I was always doing meetings. I was always working with people personally. And I just got so burnt out that 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 burnout was actually the mental birthing of the automated recruiting system that we initially built because I was just so angry. I was like just so angry at how stupid the process was that I was a part of um, in that regard. And that's what built the automated recruiting system. And I was basically like, I am just never going to get on the phone ever again in my entire life. I don't want to talk to a prospect ever. And in fact, I barely want to talk to a rep. (laughs) And after doing, after, you know, building the recruiting system and, you know, seeing it work, it was amazing. still is. But after seeing all that, you know, there, there came a there there came a time when I was like I was actually a little lonely, because I wasn't. I mean, I was coaching people, but I was kind of reluctantly coaching my team. Um, and something at some point it went in my head, and I was like, "Why am I doing this? Like, why am I in this business? You know, like clearly, clearly, like we can do this, we can get results, but like, why am I here? You know, like I don't even want to talk to anyone." <laughs> Like, well, I keep saying I want relationships and influence, but I'm annoyed, like, when I'm when I have to be in those relationships. And I had to do, like, a really big gut check. I'm probably opening up a little bit too much on this, but that's okay. I do, like, a really big gut check, and I was like, you know, what, what, what is my motivation here? And I had, I basically came back to the conclusion that I just shared with you. And I was like, dude, Zach, like, you just got to get over it, man. Like, if you're here... Like you got to embrace it. You got to embrace embrace the relationship aspect. Because if you just want to be a direct response marketer, then go do something that isn't involving relationships. Go sell you know sell information products and never talk to anyone, right? Or sell physical products and like don't even let anyone know that you are involved in the business. Um, or just be a you know copywriter behind the scenes, whatever. But don't do this because you're gonna be miserable. You're always gonna fight it. And it's like, oh, okay, you're right. And so basically I had to do it like this was, you know, not horribly long time ago. And I had to kind of like re, re come to the conclusion of what I'm doing this for. And, uh, anyway, I came out the other side and I was like, you know what? Yeah, no, I, I we chose this for a reason and, and I want to keep doing this. And so we really, we really like re-embraced it. And me personally, it was more me. I had to re-embrace it and say, you know, I'm willing to do the things that this business asks for, which is be in relationship with people. And when that happened, that's when things started to shift a little bit for me. Um, Actually, some really cool things started happening. Uh, It's amazing when you when you make a really strong decision, like the you know, some people call it the universe. I call it God. Will move things to make really big things happen. And I would say within, within three days, we had, uh, uh, the corporate side of a network marketing company contact us and ask us to make their primary, uh, like presentation video. <laughs> and that was totally outside of like, out of our control. We didn't do that. That came to us. And I believe it was because, you know, God rewarded the decision that we decided to, to make. And I say all this to say, Actually, I'm strolling around right now. My left foot is cramping, so I'm going to stand still and then limp back home. But I say all this to say that if if you don't like the phone, I'm with you. And I get it. I mean, I really get it. Because, again, I spent six years doing nothing but being on the phone. And that anger turned into our automated system. So I get it. And um, I'm I'm all with you for sure. I would say like you have to you have to get to a point where you convince yourself one way or the other 
that it's a good thing or that it's a bad thing and you and you don't do the business. Um, I'm not saying you have to talk to your prospects before. You can do an automated version just like we did. You can get your prospects in the business without talking to them. Don't get me wrong. Um, but once they're in the business, you have to be in relationship with your people. Otherwise, you should li- literally choose another industry. If you're not willing to serve people and be in relationship with them, if you're not willing to do the work it takes to become a leader, like literally, it's better to pick another industry where you aren't required of those things. Um, and there are industries out there that, that, that you can do that. You can make a lot of money doing other things where you don't really have to talk to many people. You have to be with, in relationship with people in any industry to an extent, but this one requires it a lot more. So anyway, um, just think, think on that, you know, like if you're like, no, if you come to the conclusion, like, no, I want the results of network marketing. I want the residual income with a low risk and I want to serve people. Then I think you should, I think you should do it. I think you should be here. And I think you should just embrace the fact that you might need to, well, not might, you will need to talk to your team. You will need to be in a relationship with them. And if you want really high closing ratios, you know, you could talk to them before they get in the business as well, even with an automated system, but that's up to you. Anyway, with that all, that all being said, let's jump in to actually talking to prospects. And this will be, uh, I'll kind of go over an overview right now. I'm not going to dive like this can be, a, this could be its own course. Um, but I'm going to give you an overview so that you can, you know, start somewhere. The first thing is, number one, you need to posture your prospects well. And I don't, you know, you could posture them on the phone. You could become a verbal jujitsu, you know, artist, and you could do it that way. I find it a lot easier to just be a good marketer, and that does the posturing for you. So, for instance, I, I don't talk to people unless they fill out an application. Um, the, the the lowest level person I'm talking to has watched, uh, at, they've filled out at least one application that's basic, name, email, phone number, they've watched an overview video and they filled out a secondary nine question application, um, long form answer. Then that's like the lowest level prospect I'll talk to personally. Um, we've got another, I'll, I'll talk to one other type of prospects. It's a higher type of prospect. They read a 50 page sales letter and then apply at the end. I'll talk to them to them as well. Other than that, I'm not talking to a prospect. I'm not doing the whole, you know, do you know i'm not doing all the other crap um so you need to posture them well and that's the best way to posture them is have good marketing and of course you can join the M- the, the the group it's the private but free group the mlm salesfunnels.com facebook group to learn about how to make them make that marketing work well you can go to mlmrebelsblueprint.com to learn how to build your own recruiting system where you can make this posturing a possibility in your life and do it very quickly it's mlmrebelsblueprint.com so assuming that you have this your posturing should be completed by the time you get on the phone when you get on the phone with them your tempo and voice should be about what i'm talking with now and when i said now it's just throwing that example so I'm not going to be sounding like overly excited to be on the phone. Now, I'm not going to sound like I'm down in the dumps. I'm literally like a 5.5 out of 10 in my in terms of my enthusiasm on the phone during that phone call. Now, because I'm not excited, you know, truly my my natural state is probably like a 7 out of 10. Like I, I talk fast, I kind of talk loud. Um, generally, when I get in a good mood, I like you know get a little bit hyper. Um, but that is really bad for for initial closing, for initial recruiting, initial sales. Um, you don't want to be this like overly hyped up person because it, it feels salesy and they're gonna, you're going to automatically repel people and they're going to turn into most likely a position of power where you're selling them and that's not what you want. Remember, if you have good marketing, they're applying to you. When you go to a job interview, are you, 
generally who's got more power generally not i'm not saying if you're you know the most sought after ceo in america i'm saying if generally speaking who is the person in power it's generally the interviewer the boss right same thing here you are in the position of power you have the opportunity they don't you have the marketing system they don't you know in some cases they have a job and you don't you don't need one right so and if you if you still have a job that's totally cool you know in in this in this case like they have a job and you won't have one for very long because of the opportunity you're in you have the position of power so here's how you stay in power in a conversation ask the questions now not like a dingleberry you know you're not rude you just start asking questions so like you know you get on the phone and the first thing the first thing i do is i started off with a question like hey is this you know is this joe or whatever yeah is this joe yeah Hey, this is Zach. How are you? Doing good. How about yourself? Good, man. Hey, I see you're out in North Carolina. Your phone number's in North Carolina. Is that right? And then I immediately, like, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm in North Carolina. How'd you know he's in North Carolina? It's called White Pages, bro. I go to whitepages.com. I look up their phone number, find out where they're from. You know, they're like, oh, it's a North Carolina phone number. Hey, man, I think I recognize your area code. North Carolina? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm in Raleigh. Like, oh, cool. How long have you been in Raleigh? And they tell me about Raleigh, and then I just kind of keep going. Hey, so family, I go, I, th- I go through the whole form or the four message: family, occupation, recreation. Right? I go through those three things, just asking questions, being very cordial. Uh, I'm telling a little bit of my story if they ask for it, that kind of a thing. But I'm staying on the position of the questioner, right? And again, I'm not being like an interviewer. Like, I'm not being like this stoic you know, let me just hit my 12 questions. I'm having a conversation with them. I'm just making sure that I'm the one asking the majority of the questions. If, if somehow I get the tables turned on me and maybe this person is just really nice and they're just asking a lot of questions or maybe they're really aggressive and they're asking a lot of questions, whatever the case is, this happens pretty rarely. If you're just staying in front of the conversation, but, um, if that happens, you do something called an answer twist. So, you just basically answer the question and follow it up with a question. So if someone says, "Hey, so tell me more about um, tell me more tell me more about the opportunity about the opportunity," like, "Yeah, absolutely, man." So we work with a company called blah 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 blah. We do X Y Z using this type of marketing system. But anyway, I've been wanting to ask you about your your job that you're at now. What are you doing now? So I'll answer the question, then I'll flip it because I want to be back in the driver's seat. I want to bring up the business when it's my when it's when it's time. If someone gets on the phone with me and they say like, "Hey man, so what's your pitch?" or "Okay, what do you, what do you got to sell?" "Hey, hey, get, all right, get, tell me what you got." They give me one of those. <clears throat> like <laughs> most I mean, I might just literally be like, "Uh, goodbye." <laughs> just hang up on him. I'm just kidding. I'm just hang up on him. Um, but I, like that is a complete turnoff for me because the fact that I am in control is not just a trick I play in my mind. Like literally I believe that, no, I am in control. And even if you try to throw your weight around, you try to tell me how important you are, you try to be Mr. Aggressive or Mrs. Aggressive, like I don't really care how aggressive you get. Um, I know for a fact that like this is an unequivocal fact that most likely the opportunity that I'm in is significantly better than whatever you're doing. And I believe that before we had the freedom to travel, before we, you know, made some dollars, right? I believe that before that. So if someone got aggressive with me, it was like, okay, dude, like, you're not going to like how this ends, not because I'm going to be mean, but because I'm literally going to cut this off because I'm going to pull this away. So if someone gets all aggressive with me, I said, tell me what you got. Like, dude, I don't have anything for the wrong person. Like, I don't have anything for you yet. I don't even know if you're good for us, man. 
you know? Okay, so 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 give me your pitch. I I don't have a pitch for you, dude. If you're looking for a pitch, go look for something else. I've got an opportunity for a qualified person. If you're qualified, I have absolutely no clue. So what do you do for work right now? Right? So just back it up. And the the way you get that power is not from learning swift lines. I don't both of those lines I just gave you, I don't have those memorized. I don't remember those. Those literally came off the tip of my tongue because I believe it. I believe that like, no, I am literally the one that has the good thing. And I am looking to see if you can add value to my thing. If you can add value to my business, why am I going to spend time with you? Remember, remember, go back again, backpedal again. Remember, there, there is other opportunities that you can be a part of that don't require relationships or very, very little of them. Remember my background. There are businesses that I can run, that I have run, that have made a lot of money for us that don't require relationships. They don't require me to be on the phone with a prospect. I don't need to spend time with you. Now, now, if you don't have that background, that's okay. Just realize that you could have the same exact thing. You could go spend time studying a different type of business model that doesn't require you to be on the phone with a prospect. And you need to have that power. Right? Like, dude, I don't need you. <laughs> like, are you serious? Like, you have a job, dude. <laughs> like, you're going to work till you're 70. Right? Like, the, at, at, at best, you're going to save up a bunch of money and retire at 55. But... We don't have a job. We're traveling around wherever we want to. And um, like we're good, man. I'm gonna, again, I'm not saying these things. These are going through my head. And even before we had any, any of that stuff, it's, it's I know within a year or two, I'm going to be traveling around, be having all the money I want to. But what do you bring to the table? So, again, you need to have this. In, if you have this embedded in your core, you will be powerful on the phone. Power is not a loud voice. It's not being stern. It's not having the right answers. It's having power. It's being able to walk away from the conversation if you need to. In a negotiation, who has the most power? The person that doesn't need the other one the most. I mean, a good deal, you're going to both need each other. But in negotiation, the one who can walk away is the one with the most power. And there is a lot more prospects out in the world than there are really good network marketing opportunities. A lot more. So you have the, you have the rarity. If you build the rarity, you have the rarity. Does that make sense? So questions have the power. Be in power. The last thing I'll remind you, I kind of touched on it, is the fact that you don't need to be a powerful, forceful personality to hold the power in a conversation. The most powerful the most powerful recruiter I've ever met in my life. I used to work in executive recruiting before I got full-time in business. It was my last job. Um, we would spend, I would spend eight hours, nine hours a day on the phone, cold calling about a hundred people a day. And, um, the boss was the owner of the recruiting firm. He owned one of the biggest recruiting firms, um, uh, in Chicagoland. I mean, it was quite large for the type of business it was. And he was very successful. I mean, I don't know how rich he was, but he was definitely rich. And, um, he was not only the owner, but he was also probably the top producer. And his personality was extremely laid back. Um, he was really calm speaker. Uh, he barely made eye contact with you. He would look at the ground a lot, very kind of meek, you know, small guy, kind of hunched over, um, really nice personality, wonderful conversationalist, but not because he talked a lot is because he asked questions and he wasn't afraid of something that most people are afraid of. What is that thing? 
silence. I just did it to you. What is the thing that most people are afraid of in a conversation? Silence. Silence is so powerful if you control it. And this guy, his name is Gary. This guy was a master at silence. He was a master conversationalist. And the crazy thing was, I don't even think he knew it. Because I brought it up to him once. Actually, I wrote, I wrote him an email one day, long after I quit. I basically told him, like, the, these are the five things I learned from Gary. And this was, this was one of them. Power of silence. And um, this is huge. When you're having a conversation... If someone says something and you don't know how to respond or you don't like it, you don't have to reply. And you can sit there and formulate your thoughts for as long as it takes until you have a reply. You don't need to force something. You don't need to fake something. You can just sit there. And that's what Gary did. I remember, I, remember, I still remember my first interview with him. when I, I, sat into, I went to his office and I sat there. And he was asking me questions about what did I want to do with life, what did I want to accomplish, all this stuff. And as I answered his questions... Between each question, he would basically sit there and think. He wasn't trying to hold power over me. That wasn't his intention. He was trying to think. He would just think. He would just let me sit there. I would literally stop talking. He would sit there in silence for five, ten seconds. It felt like an eternity. And then he would follow up with another question or statement or whatever. And I was like, holy crap, this guy is brilliant. He was literally one of the top producers in this enormous network of recruiting firms. And he was one of the most gentle people you've ever met. So you don't have to be this hardcore psycho personality to be a super high producer or talker on the phone. You know, our sponsor in this business is um, is a pretty aggressive type dude. Like he's, you know, you know, he's very he's very quick to talk. He's very persuasive. He'd be the person that you you are like, I don't know if I could do what you do. Like you're really good. Um, I've met people that have, that make millions of dollars in network marketing every single year, completely residually, and they're some of the most quiet people you've ever met in your life. So you don't have to be that super aggressive, silver tongue type to make this stuff happen. Anyway, this is just a little bit of an intro. There's a lot more to this, but I figured this could give you a, an overview of how to handle uh, conversations with prospects well. Um, whoa, it was about an accident right in front of my face. That would have been crazy. Um, Lexus almost smashed the Kia. But uh, anyway, when we talked about some of these different opportunities, remember, don't don't skimp on the fact. Like, like get get committed, get committed to whatever you're doing. Even if you're not doing network marketing, you know, figure out why are you doing this. Or if you're just if it's literally just for money, don't do it. Not even kidding. This is a hard business to do just for money. Now, are the financial rewards second to none? I really believe they are. Can you make more money in other industries? Yes. Def, definite, unequivocal, yes. You can make more money in other industries. If your sole goal goal is money, go to Wall Street, right? Figure out how to, to do other stuff. If your sole goal is money, figure out how to do other stuff. You can make a lot more money doing other things. If your goal is to make a large amount of money, a very comfortable amount, multiple six or multiple seven figures, this can, put up, this can provide that. If you're looking for that amount of money, on a completely passive slash residual basis eventually. Can you have it? Yes. Can you have it with low risk? Yes. You can have all those things here, but you're not going to make, like you could, you know, there are people that make eight figures. There's very few of them. Um, you're not going to make anything probably more than, you know, most likely the top of the, the top of the chart and as a distributor is going to be multiple seven figures. Um, you know, high seven, high multiple seven figures. 
Um, if you need more than that for whatever reason, then you might want to consider another industry because it's not it, it, it's unlikely to happen here. If you want multiple seven figures with complete residual nature to that seven figures for a long, long, long time, this is a really, really good opportunity. Um, if you want that with really low risk, again, a really good opportunity. This is a great place to start your residual income nest. If you did this for 10 years, you built up a multiple seven-figure residual income, and then you wanted to move into the business that could provide you maybe those eight figures, that multiple eight figures, you could do that. This could be your base, right? This doesn't have to be your only thing for the rest of your life. Just realize that this probably won't be the vehicle that gets you to the multiple eight-figure mark. It could give you the basis. So for instance... Like we are looking for $100 million a year annual of profit. That's not going to come all through this, right? We probably will get a tenth of that from network marketing. Now, the remainder uh, we intend to get through our information product business and our real estate investments. That's our plan. But this is our basis. Our, this is our baseline foundation. That's why it's here. <clears throat> But you got to get unequivocally sold out to it. Why are you doing it, right? So that's the money side of it. The last thing is the relationship side. Are you committed to the relationship side of it? You have to be. If you're not, this is not a good business. But if you are, this is a great business. So if you want influence with people, if you want to help people in their life and you want to make a lot of money residually and you want to, if you want to make multiple seven figures residually with low risk and you want to help people and, and have an influence, this is a good business. Sell out to it and basically stop questioning it. Just sell out to it and develop the skill set that you need to win. Cool? All right. Well, once again, to go ahead and build that marketing system that, that develops um, that posture before these calls, go to MLM, MLMRebelsBlueprint.com. Well, anyway, it was amazing spending time with all of you today and... Um, Appreciate you listening, and we'll talk to you all soon and see you in the next episode. Thanks. Thank <laughs> you.